Today, ito si Luilo. It has been long months since the first lockdown due to COVID uh, in March 2020. Let me ask you, have you ever missed God's provision? Have you ever lacked in any good thing? Um, how has your weight been since the lockdown on March 2020? Now, I believe many are still eating three square meals a day. You probably have missed a lot of party food, but I believe God still has brought food both in a natural and in a supernatural way <clears throat> on the table of your homes. And I'm sure many of you probably are still trying to manage the weight, if not gaining a lot of it. See, God has consistently provided and He will continue to provide. This is what the Bible says. I am sure of this, that He who began the good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6 See, God will finish the work that He has started in our life. He has finished the work of faith. He's the finished, finished the work of uh, um, changing us and he will finish the work as he continues to provide consistently both back then until today he can he will and he will surely continue to bless us as we continue to trust in him as we give today may we continue to give in an act of worship as an act of faith knowing that God will finish the work that he has started in your life shall we pray father indeed you are a great starter and lord not only are you a great starter but you are also a great finisher and lord i thank you god father that you have consistently lord father provided both naturally and supernaturally lord i thank you lord that father even the times of god when we thought that there was no gonna be there's gonna be no more provision but somehow you showed yourself mighty you showed yourself powerful and you consistently lord showed yourself faithful in your promise and lord as we have seen before and as we continue to see today and even see in the future lord you will continue to finish the work that you have started father we thank you we bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Ictus Liilo. It's so good to be in the presence of our dear God. I want to welcome you to our 1045 service here uh, via Zoom in Ictus Liilo. Before anything else, you know, I, in behalf of my family, for those of you probably who are aware that um, my sister Joyce, uh, the eldest of our family, has gone to be with the Lord. And really, that is such a tragedy for us. And in behalf of the family, allow me to thank you and the many of, the, of those who have greeted us in this time of great loss. You know, uh, indeed, we are grieving right now, but part of us is also rejoicing, not because of anything else but because we know that she's in the hands of God plus many of you who have just really greeted us have really comforted us so thank you very much now um, I just want to just 
remind everybody that we are now live via Zoom and Facebook. And I don't know if you're aware of this. If your microphone is on and accidentally you say something, your face will come out on Facebook. So please, I want to remind you, please, uh, please your, place your microphones on mute so that, um, you know, we will not be interrupted in our, you know, service today. Now, I am so glad that you can join us today. And I want to just really, uh, just really go to the Word of God this morning. You know, this morning, uh, or, or di- di- rather this week, I wanted to improve on sanitizing myself or making sure that, you know, um, we are sanitized properly. So what I did is I tried to double the protection and use some solutions that would uh, improve the sanitation of um, you know, uh, of my surroundings. But I tried a combination of solutions, but before I could try that, somebody reminded me, said there are solutions that you know, are not meant to be uh, mixed together. In other words, it should just be purely that solution and nothing else. So to my surprise, when I googled some of the solutions, you know, or some of the uh, uh, cleaning ingredients that were combined, instead of being helpful, it was lethal, or in fact, it was useless. Okay, so I just want to share to you very quickly some of the things that you are not to combine. You are not to mix together, but instead you are supposed to use it um, by itself. Here are some solutions that are deadly combinations or it makes it useless, okay? So first solution together, vinegar and baking soda, okay? Vinegar and baking soda. You're not supposed to, I know vinegar is a very good ingredient or it's very good cleanser, and baking soda oftentimes is, uh, maybe you're not aware of this, but these are good cleaning solutions. But, you know, um, the mixture, although it will not cause poison gas or it will not explode unless, take note, unless you seal the container. So if you mix um, vinegar and boy- baking soda, it can explode. There is a good re- very reason to avoid it. And let me tell you, it does not clean anything. The second solution or uh, um, ingredients that you don't mix together is bleach and rubbing alcohol. Bleach and rubbing alcohol. You know, um, bleach doesn't play well with others. Okay, when I say bleach, it's like, you know... Um, uh, we call it, you know, in the local dialect, you know, uh, Zonrox, okay, or, or here Domex, okay? So, see, it will, when you use this together, you combine it and it comes up with uh, a chemical solution called chloroform. And let me tell you, when you inhale bleach and rubbing alcohol, it will create havoc in your nervous system or in other words it can irritate your lungs so please do not use bleach in rubbing alcohol because it produces hydrochloric acid when combined okay so bleach should only 
okay, just be useless bleach, and probably the most that you can do is dilute it with water. Next, another solution that you are not to combine is ammonia and bleach. Ammonia. Never mix ammonia cleaners because, again, it causes gases called chloromines. It can cause irritation on your eyes, your nose, and even your throat. Now, it can even cause death if it is, uh, you're exposed to it um, uh, in a long period of time. See, bleach should only, again, should be uh, diluted and we, it must be properly administered if it could be use gloves when you are using bleach. Now, now, these solutions are not to be combined. In fact, when you do that, it can be lethal and it can be even useless to a certain point. As we start this series, Faith Alone, I use this as an illustration that in the same manner, faith is never to be used or combined with any other solution, spiritual solution. And in the next few weeks, we're going to look at faith in a different perspective. And we can, we're going to look at the book of Romans chapter, chapter 4. And my goal is to look at faith not only from a spiritual perspective, but I want you to see it from a practical you know, perspective. I know a lot of people who are very pragmatic. You know, when I say pragmatic, they want to be very practical. And I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, we've looked at faith from a spiritual exercise, but really, really, many of us use faith on a day-to-day -day basis. Many of us are not aware that we are using faith almost every day of our lives. And many of us probably, you know, are not aware of this, but faith is not something that is only spiritual, but it's also very practical. Take for example, you know, uh, you use faith when you ride the car. You use faith when you are using your cell phones. And you use faith when you are sitting on your chair. Now, let me ask you, how many of you can explain engine combustion? You know what engine combustion is? Engine combustion is burning fuel inside that metal in front or in the back of your car if you have a VW. Now, how many of you can explain engine combustion? Now, many of you probably would say, what's that? But let me tell you, engine combustion is what makes the engine move. But yet, even though you do not know how or you do not understand the concept of engine combustion in the engine, but you still ride your car and you believe that it will bring you to your destination. How many of you can explain how your voice 
can be transmitted through a cell phone and then can be heard to the other party wherever you are connecting. Now, probably some of you say, I don't know. That's just wavelengths or radio lens, you know. But still, even though we don't understand it, we still use the cell phone as often as we could. And how many of you are sitting on a piece of wood, plastic, and a few strips of metal, and you put your full weight on the chair knowing that it will not collapse. Now, you may not understand how things work, but it doesn't mean you do not apply it. In the same manner, faith is the same way. We may not understand how God works. We may not know how His ways are better than our ways, but yet we still trust God. We put our faith, our lives in God's hands. We do not know how prayer works, but we still pray and we somehow, we believe that God is hearing our prayers. Do you believe that? I mean, I don't understand that. You try to let me explain that. I don't know. And sometimes, I want to trust something, and even though I don't understand that how I can trust a God that is supposed to be greater than anything, but yet I put my trust fully on God. Hello? Are you still there? Can you relate to that? We use faith on a daily basis, and we're not aware of this. But can you imagine if you get that faith, trust, security from the objects that I mentioned, and we put it in the hands of a God that we do not see, of a God that we do not understand, of a God whom we don't know that if He really exists because we have never seen Him? If we do that, it can do wonderful things. You put on using faith on a daily basis and you put your full trust on God. And it brings you where you want to go. It brings you confidence and it makes you lean on Him. See, faith is not just a spiritual exercise, church. It's not just a spiritual exercise. It's a very practical way of living. It's very practical that we use it and we can use it every day. At the end of this series, I want to answer questions that faith alone should be applied. At the end of this series, we will address doubts in our minds of why we are not sure about some things, especially our salvation. We're going to address in our minds how God has forgiven us and God has taken out our sins even though we feel like we're still a sinner. Here we're going to address in the next few weeks why I need to bring lasting change or how can I bring lasting change rather in my life by applying the things that God tells me to do. 
Can you imagine if I read the Bible, if I pray, it will change me? I mean, where's the connection there? Really, honestly, it doesn't really make sense. But when we start to put on the things that God tells us what to do, by faith, it brings us to the place where we want to be. And also, we're going to also to look at uh, how do I balance my service, my coming to church, my coming to the ministry. How do I balance it in a way that I will not feel guilty that I don't have to do more because God has expected me to only just give much of what I can afford. You know, in this chapter, in the book of chapter 4, in Romans chapter 4, it answers a lot of questions about faith alone and how faith should not be accompanied by anything else. It is a chapter that warns us. Take note, church. Listen to me, Ikto Siliilo. Okay? Robbie, if you're listening to me, if we apply faith and we apply it with other things, it can be lethal. It can be deadly. Brother Ted, if we get faith and then we apply it with other things that we think is necessary, it can become useless. Now, I'm sure you don't want that. I'm sure you want your faith to move mountains. I'm sure you want your faith to see results in your life. But oftentimes, because of the lack of the understanding of the Word of God, because we apply things with faith, we lose out its potency. When you add anything to faith, it does not become faith anymore. I want to start out by defining what faith is. What does faith mean? My, my version. Okay? I know we know Hebrews 11. Okay? But here's my definition of faith. It's simply trusting God more than anything else. Trusting God more than anything else. When we try to trust on anything plus faith, it becomes useless. When we add and we say, God, let me help you because I don't think that you're, you're, you're doing a good job, we add to faith, you know, it becomes toxic and it comes out negative in our lives. Let's read Romans chapter 4, verse 1 to 18. Let's read that as our text today. And if you have your Bibles with you, Join with me. If you don't have your Bibles, you can watch the slide. By the way, we also are trying to write this new norm. Um, for those of you who love to take down notes, you can download our outline in our, um, you know, on our sites, on our Facebook account, and you can download the outline if you're taking down notes. Of course, you need, you need to download it and you need to print it so that you can, if you want to follow us um, in this manner. So Romans chapter 4 Starting from verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. But what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Verse 4. Now, 
to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation, whoever to the one who does not work, but trust God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith or faith is credited as righteousness. Verse 6, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Verse 7 and 8, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. When we add anything with faith, it becomes useless. Father, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your love. Lord, I pray, O oh God, Father, that you will liberate us. You will liberate us, O oh God, Father, from how we live our faith. You liberate us from things, O oh God, Father, that unconsciously, O oh God, Father, keeps us to become unproductive simply because we think that faith is not enough. Bless your word. Bless every hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we add anything with faith, it becomes useless. Now, here is the first thing that we do not want to mix our faith with. Here is one thing that you do not mix with faith. And that is faith plus earning God's approval. When you have faith, we do not earn or we do not add God's approval. Let me explain this by going to our text this morning from Romans chapter 4. You know, as Paul explains faith, he gives us two examples from characters from the Bible. These characters, are uh, we all know them, Abraham, the father of faith, and David. So Abraham and David are our references. So first, he talks about Abraham, the father of faith. Okay? Let me read again verse 1 to verse, uh, verses 1 to 4. Okay? What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. Now, when it comes to the issue of faith, is that we add, we try to what? We try to help God. We try to assist God. We try to think that God's faith is not enough. So what do we do? We try to add things Merit that will become an approval from God to us. What I'm trying to say is this. When we want something to hold as credible in our lives, these verses tells us that when we start to come to God in believing God, which is right at the start, and then eventually... When we start to think that, God, I wonder if you're really forgiven because sometimes I don't feel like that you have forgiven me. So we try to do things. What are the things that God do? We add works that merit our favor. For example, 
we think that bringing a Bible to church, coming to the prayer meeting, or even coming and doing spiritual disciplines will merit favor from the Lord. We think that just because we do these things which are, by the way, please, by, by all means, I'm not telling you not to come to the prayer meeting. So please come to the prayer meeting, especially this Wednesday. Okay, we have a group who's going to, uh, we, we want to encourage you. But we want to tell you that these things are good. But when we think, when we think that when we do these things for God, it will give us favor from receiving from God. We think that just because we try to do things that are supposed to be good, we think that we are at, are at an advantage towards other people. We add works that merit our favor because what? We want sometimes, sometimes, we want to get the credit for ourselves. We want to instead of saying, God, it's you, all you, which is actually the truth. Everything that we have right now, everything that we can think of, everything that we can really uh, believe God for, this is never because of what we have done. The moment we think that because we have done something and God has added to us because of that something is the moment that we have taken the credit from God. Hello, are you still there? See, that's where a lot of people fail. That's where a lot of people try to add things and because they add things, you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens in a while, okay? If you look into this, it boils down to what? It boils down that instead of giving all the glory Instead of giving all the credit, instead of giving all, you know, that we can think of why we are who we are, instead of giving it entirely to God, who it really belongs to, we start to get the credit for ourselves. Hello? Are you still there? I don't know with you, but, you know, oftentimes we were brought up in an institution or, or a religious background that simply because you have given to the poor, it gives you authority to sin. It gives you credit that you can use that when you are to ask forgiveness, you will probably can say, God, uh, Lord, I really have sinned, but remember the time that I gave a uh, hundred thousand to the building fund of the church? Lord, siguro pwede matabo ng mga sala ko. Remember when you were trying to just really walking, you're walking with God in the early days, you know, of your, of your walk with God and then you, you failed God? So what do we normally do? Ah, ma-attend ko sa prayer meeting para makuha ang guilt ko. Hello? Am I, am I speaking to some of you today? You know, oftentimes, we wonder, you know, a lot of people, they come, when they come to a place of just really a, a spiritual destruction, they try to merit favor, they try to win God's credit 
they try to do good. But really, what they're not aware of is this. When you come to God, God already has already wiped out every sin in your life. God has taken away all our sin in our life and because we think that that's not enough, what do we do? We try to bribe God. We try to negotiate and tell God, God, I will be good and I will never do it again. Let, let me tell you, you find yourself doing it again. You find yourself in the same place where you are at fault and what do you do? You go to the vicious cycle. Why? It's because instead of giving the credit to God, you know what happens? It just builds your ego. It just makes your supposedly spiritual credit so big that you think that God has forgiven you. This is James chapter 2, verse 3 says, Abraham believed God in faith, that he was called righteous. See, Abraham, yes, he obeyed. Yes, he went to a place where he did not know where it was or what was going to happen. But yet, it was not because of his act of obedience that made him right before God. It was his faith. See, there are two ways to respond to faith. Either we earn it or we trust that God gives it to us. Either you believe God will give it to you because you did something good or you will trust that God will just give it to you. Paul says here that Abraham was credited you know, this word credited was used in chapter 4 of, verse, uh, of Romans chapter 4 very often. When we say credit, it means to put into one account. Okay? Now, some of you probably are learning how to, to work around the digital age. Some of you are learning how to uh, um, just really, uh, you know, use the electronic uh, wallet. And some of you understand this, that when, when, when our electronic wallet does not have any money in it, what we need to do is we need to transfer funds. We credit money into that account. We put money into that account. When we put money in that account, then we can use it. In the same way, that's the same way with God. See, when we come to God, He credits something in, his li in our life. He puts into one account. It was, when He puts it in our one account, it's not because we did something good, but because He is good. Oftentimes, we don't want faith. Okay, we want the credit ourselves that we want, we want to do things so that we can say it was us and it was not God. Hello, are you still there? And a lot of times, you know, I've seen this, and, and you know, I've been, I've been working as a pastor for quite, for quite some time, and as a church volunteer, and I ask the question, why do a lot of leaders fail? Why do a lot of pastors fail? 
Why do a lot of supposedly strong leaders in the faith, why do they faith? Because somehow, when they come in their journey with the Lord, they think it was their good works that have, has credited or has benefited what they have, not knowing that everything and anything that you can think of really came from the Lord. So what do they do? They start to think it's them. As a result, it builds their ego. See, when we start to try to credit or when we, when we try to merit the favor of God, when we add merit and asking God for favor from our faith, you know what it does? It just puffs up our ego. It just builds our pride rather than our trust in God. See, faith and righteousness are gifts to be received and not goals to be achieved. Let me say this again. That's something nice that you can, you can tweet that. Please tweet that. You know, uh, um, faith and righteousness are gifts to be received and not goals to be achieved. And Paul and Abraham were examples to it. You know, here's the challenge for today. Believe God. Believe God. And you say, Pastor Bong, I have doubts. Well, let me tell you, Abraham also had doubts. People will not understand your life fully just as Abraham, you know, was mis misconstrued or, you know, misunderstood. And sometimes we don't understand it fully just like Abraham, but Abraham was a man of faith and faith in God does not mean that we have to understand it and we need to apply it so that we can earn something. But instead, it's just even though I don't understand. Hello, church, are you still there? Even though I don't understand what God is telling me, I just need to apply it. That's why it's called faith. Faith is seeing things that we do not see. Let me ask you, do you see yourself victorious in this time of COVID? In the physical, the answer is no. People are dying. The economy is falling apart. The information that's going around is just really causing us to just really be scared. But when you start to just really close your eyes to what we see and what we start to open our, side, our, our spiritual eyes on the things that God can do and God is doing. By the way, God is doing a lot of things, church. God is doing a lot of things. And if you don't see it, and if you probably don't, you don't, you, you don't see it right now, probably you're, you're looking in the eyes of the flesh. God's doing a lot of things. And I'm going to talk to you about it in the next few weeks. And I'm going to share to you testimonies upon testimonies of what God is doing. But you see, we need to understand, sometimes we don't need to understand fully the things of God. Do you think Abraham understood that he was going to be a father of a nation? when he was old and advanced in age? Of course not. If Abraham would look at himself, there is no glory in what his body could do. Neither when he looked at Sarah, he said, maybe probably my testosterone probably can just be planted in Sarah's body. But when he looked at Sarah, all the more, he said, this is mission impossible. Okay, that's the first mission impossible. You know, Abraham and Sarah becoming the father of many nations, hey, come on, let's face it. 
if, especially for those who are about 40 years old, if you are 40, 60, 70 years old, and God says, you're going to have a child. What are you going to do? You're going to say, hey, God, this is crazy. And that's the same way. Only God can do the things that God told Abraham and Sarah, but yet Abraham followed, but yet God credited to him. God saw it as a positive in his life. The second character that Paul uses is, you know, in to illustrate faith is um, not to be accompanied with God's approval is he uses David. Um, I don't have it in the slide, but in verse 6, uh, to verse 8 um, of chapter 4, David said the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. He said, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sins in the Lord will never count against them. When we added anything with faith uh, uh, with them, See, not only does God credit, just like Abraham, He does not only uh, uh, take away the guilt of sin in our lives, but He also, what? He also credits to us the righteousness of what we did. No, of course not. The righteousness of what Jesus did. Let, let me explain this for a while, okay? Let me just, some of you probably say, what, what is Pastor Bong talking to you? What, what, is, talking, what is Pastor talking about? Um, simply like this, okay? David broke three, command, three of the Ten Commandments, murder, adultery, and he coveted his neighbor's wife. Now, how in the world can you restore a relationship with God if you have broken God's commands? Well, Simple. You ask for forgiveness. And that's what many of you have done. You have asked forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Be the ruler of my life. Right then and there, let me tell you, if you pray that by a prayer of faith, even if you don't feel like God has liberated you, even though if you don't feel like you have been released, like some of you say, you know, I, 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 I receive God and the Lord Savior and I feel good. But some of you, Okay, some of you probably are not saying, Pastor Bo, I don't feel like I don't like I don't feel good. In fact, I feel like a sinner. I still feel like I still want to sin. Hey, welcome to the real world. It's not all the same. And that's how David, you know, David, David was in the same situation. David, you know, he 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 went against God, but when he came to God, not only did God take away his sin in his life, but he credited, God deposited, God placed in David's life righteousness. Whose righteousness did he put? That's the question. Is it because David, okay, did something good? Absolutely not. It was not his righteousness. It was the righteousness of God. Plain and simple. Church, this is what happens. When you have faith, and when you come to God in faith, believing what Jesus has done for you, He takes away the guilt of sin. He takes away the ugliness of your sin. He takes away everything in your life. And then not only does He take away everything in your life, because that's where a lot of us have been stuck with, especially in the church. God has placed something after He has taken away. What did He place? First, he took away your ugliness of the sin. 
Next, he placed the righteousness of God. So every time you come to God and you come before God in faith, you know what happens? Is he takes away the bad things of your life and he deposits God's righteousness. That is why, you know, a lot of people don't see this. A lot of people don't understand this, but a lot of people have stuck to being forgive, be forgiven, but they have not moved on to the most important thing, which is the righteousness of God in our life. Plain and simple English. This is what has happened. God sees Jesus in you. God does not see your bad-mouthing or your struggling of using porn in the internet. God doesn't struggle of you not being able to submit to your husband properly. You know how God sees you? He, God sees you as forgiven and God sees you as being with the righteousness and you are by faith have become transformed in the eyes of God. That is why, that is so awesome. Many of you, you have been stuck with being forgiven, but that's not enough. What we need to understand is God has placed His righteousness. When God sees you, He doesn't see you with your struggles. He sees you as you, what you are going to be in the future. Let me tell you, church, He does not see us right now where we are in the situation of COVID. He sees us, you know, as becoming victorious as we go through this COVID. He sees us being what? Being victorious over the temptations in our lives. He sees us going through the struggles in our mind, in our heart, in our business, in our school. He sees you as an overcomer in the Lord. You say, Pastor Bong, I don't see that in my life. That's why it's called faith. What did he say? Faith is seeing the things we don't see. Let me ask you, how many of you would ever believe or would ever imagine you being in a situation where you are in a right relationship with the Lord today? Ten years ago, you could, probably, you could not probably see yourself in church or sitting down in Zoom and listening to a pastor or reading the Bible or reading or praying every day. You could not see yourself. But you know what? God already has seen you. God has seen you not only ten years ago, but God sees you down the road. God sees us down the road as what? As victorious, as triumphant, and as cleansed as he sees Jesus in us. God has canceled the debt. Ginkuha niya ang utang. Hambalaan ko na lang na si Longo. Ginkuha niya ang utang mo and then gindugangan niya ang kapital sa kinabuhi mo. Not only did he pay for your debt, but he added capital. What is that capital? The righteousness of God the righteousness of Jesus. And let me tell you, every time I think about Romans chapter 4, you know, I don't look at it only from a spiritual perspective, but I see it from a practical perspective. And this is what it is. 
God has not only forgiven me, but God has given me favor before first to God and to man as we walk in faith. Let me ask you, how many of you are not yet sure of your salvation? Then maybe some of you are still trying to struggle because you have added works into your faith. You say, Pastor Bong, I can trust God for, for the big things, but the small things. I can trust God for the, my big sins, but my small sins, I'll just take care of it. No, no, no. God wants you to trust Him with the big sins and the small sins. Take it away and let you become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus as you put your trust in Him fully. Hello? See, faith is simply faith by believing on His death his burial, and His resurrection. And there is nothing more than anything else that you can add to it. There's nothing you can add to it. You cannot credit, you cannot say, God, morning inuginubra para sa akin, pero inisha, ako ninigubra. You know, that's why we end up, what? We end up uncertain. The reason why, because there's uncertainty in our life, because we have what? We have diluted faith by thinking that it is us. Let me tell you, church, it is, has never been us. It will never be us. And in the future down the road, it's never going to be about us. It's all about Jesus. Amen? Let me ask you, are you struggling in your areas of your life where not God, you are not sure that God has forgiven you? Are you still trying to win favor before the Lord? Are you still in a place where you are at a rut that you're looking at yourself right now, but you cannot see yourself down the road? Let me tell you, you need faith and faith alone. That's what we need. When we come before God and we have faith alone, we become confident, we can become assured that faith is enough in our Lord Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you, O God, Father, for that you have paid the price for every sin in our lives. We thank you, O God, Father, that all the sins that we have committed before and all the sins that we are committing and struggling with now and all the sins that we are probably going to see in the future, Lord Father, you don't see it the way we see it, but you see it, oh God Father, as something that has been finished. In fact, today, you are looking at us as people through the eyes of faith. You look at us as people who are covered with the righteousness of Jesus. Lord, as people of God, help us to live by faith. Help us not try to gain favor and do things that might think that, Lord, it is about us and probably this been bent. You, you know, I, 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 I receive peace. I receive joy because, God, I did something. I, I, I served. I gave. I, I sacrificed. Lord, nothing and nothing, nothing can ever... Give us credit 
But God, all credit belongs to you, O God. Lord, I pray that you will build in us, O God, Father, the correct foundation of putting our trust and trust in you alone. And Lord, I thank you, God, Father, that you're liberating and you're freeing people, God, Father, from self-righteousness. You're freeing people right now from, from, from works that they don't have to do because, Lord, Father, you are saying it is, has already been done. You are already free. You have been forgiven and you can walk in freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Church, we are walking in an exciting days. And if there is one thing that we really need right now, is we need to come to the place of faith and understanding that it alone is enough to see us through. Next week, as we continue you know, our series on faith, let's talk about faith in connection to communion, which reminds me, today is Communion Sunday, and I purposely moved it to next Sunday. Because I want you to understand that it's not, you can have communion every day of the week, in any time of the week. You can have it on the second and the third. If you're thinking that communion has to be on the first Sunday, then you probably need the message next week, okay? So please prepare your communion elements, and as we connect faith and our water baptism and our our disciplines, our spiritual disciplines with Him, and we'll connect it with faith and we look at it in proper context. Until next week, God bless you. Be blessed and be a blessing to somebody else.